0: Amen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thankful for that little guy in the Gospel of John who offered what he had. And y'all offer so many gifts uh, to our church family. Thank you. We, we need people of all ages and all sizes, and it is good to be together. Would you pray with me? God, our sustainer, source of every good gift, abundance where we are lacking we need you god to fill us up and we need you to make us hungry make us hungry for you hungry for the people you love hungry for your reign to come and your will to be done and as we come to you with our hunger god make us full fill the hearts of the troubled and grieving fill the minds of the depressed and addicted and confused fill the stomachs of the hungry and malnourished. Fill the souls of those who feel lost or far from you. Fill your church with people who know and share your love and justice. Fill us this morning with your spirit to overflowing, that there would be no more empty hearts or minds or stomachs or souls. God, fill us, fill this time, fill this place. By your all-sufficient grace, we pray, amen. It is good to be with y'all. And it is good to be in our sanctuary today. The people's sanctuary, it's not ours, it's God's. We get to share it with each other. We get to share it with all those around us. We get to be this kingdom outpost here in the center of San Antonio. And this congregation has been committed to that for a long time. And so there is an important sense of place. uh, that This is a place where we connect and this is a place where we share. And so I'm glad to be here with you. You know, it hasn't been real easy in some ways since our October 25th roof collapse in the youth building behind the organ here and uh, the subsequent water damage. But I have to say, as I, as I tried to say last week too at Laurel Heights, that I've so seen God's grace and provision for us in this time. We have been blessed, friends, by so many people looking out to partner with us and support us. We've been especially blessed by the hospitality of La Trinidad United Methodist Church who are hosting our Sunday night youth and music groups uh, by Laurel Heights, UMC, where we gathered last week for All Saints Day worship, which was wonderful to be with you all and to be with them and to be with the saints. You know, I'm grateful that our recognition of the saints who went before us, our ancestors in faith, those whom we stand on their shoulders and, and on their foundations, I'm glad that that celebration and recognition continues today. As we said, with a Dia de los Muertos ofrenda that's out there in the narthex that Velia Suarez and others organize each year. I'm glad we get to do that today because we didn't get to do it last week as is our our tradition. These past couple of weeks in the midst of this loss, in the midst of, as I said, away games, uh, field trips uh, with worship in the park and then with Laurel Heights, Um, As we've taken Corazon Meals to a temporary location, the former Migrant Resource Center uh, over there by the bus station, in the midst of all this moving, I think that we've been reminded of some important things. Our staff and our church leadership and our contractors have been amazing. They've been amazing. Keep... All of us and and the workers in your prayers, folks have banded together, adapted with joy and hope and with little complaint or self-pity. That would be really easy. We've been reminded together that, you know, this might be architecture or structural engineering, but it is not rocket science. Technology and buildings might be helpful, but they aren't essential to what we're really supposed to be doing I think over these last couple weeks, we've been reminded to keep it simple. Love God. Love others. Period. Jesus said, That's it. We've been reminded that what's been handed down to us is not primarily a building. What's been handed down to us is the committed generosity and courage and faithful discipleship of all the ones who said yes, who said yes to Jesus' call to follow, who said yes. And invited us to say yes. Showed us at their best what that looked like. You know, we stand in this long line of people who have shared God's love with the world because they received God's love first. They heard God's call for themselves. And they became a part of this community. This big global community. This Travis Park community. They became a part of a people who would distribute God's love message and go and embody it with their work. And that, that work goes way back beyond the youth building a little over 100 years old. Goes back beyond this sanctuary. Goes back beyond the 1846 founding of Travis Park Church. Goes back before there were Methodists or before there were Protestants or before there were Tejanos. It's been what God's always been up to. Calling people back. Gathering people close. Gathering people home with God and each other, and then sending them out to share with and invite others into that same home, that same family. So we're in week two uh, today of a sermon series that we're calling Gathered, Blessed, Broken, and Shared. We're looking at some of the many meals that Jesus shared with people in the Gospel of Luke. And as we do, we're reflecting on all the ways that we can share our gifts, including our finances, to expand the table expand the table where all can receive God's love and healing, God's hope, God's community. I believe we each have unique and important and needed gifts that we can offer so that we can spiritually and physically feed more people and feed people more. Not just one another, but many folks in need across our city and beyond. So last week we saw how Jesus didn't call people who had it all together. He was always getting criticized, right, and threatened because he was eating with tax collectors and sinners. We saw last week how Jesus called Levi in Luke chapter 5 and Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. And the first thing that Jesus did was go and have a dinner party at the homes of these two tax collectors. These folks were seen as traitors to Israel and yet they, they were seen as traitors to Israel. Yet they became part of this unlikely diverse band with fishermen. And with political zealots on the other side of the aisle. And with hard living women. Part of their response to Jesus and repentance was financial. Zach and Levi They left everything behind. It says they gave out of their ill-gotten riches. They opted out of this corrupt ladder-climbing system that was encouraged by the empire. And then together, this unlikely group started a new supper club together, this traveling dinner party that changed the world. So today we've come to this famous meal with Jesus. As we heard with the kids, it's in all four Gospels. The only miracle, I think, that's in all four of the Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. And So right before this, at the beginning of Luke chapter 9, if you have your Bible, you want to check it out later. In Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, Jesus has, has summoned the 12 disciples, the apostles, the sent ones, these folks who've been following him. He summons the disciples who are going to expand and multiply this traveling dinner party, this radical love movement. Even if those 12 don't know it yet, he pulls them together and he knows they need a little bit of on-the-job training. And so Jesus summons them and gives them power and authority, it says in verse 1 and 2, over all the demons and to cure all the diseases, it says. And then Jesus sends them out to go and announce the arrival of God's reign. This new society, this new... Network or operating system the kingdom of God Jesus says don't take anything with you except my power and my example and each other that's all you need depend completely on me and on the hospitality of the people where you are my ambassadors and so the twelve go and they do it and then in good good pedagogy in good action reflection service learning fashion they go and then they come back to debrief it with jesus right with their their rabbi jesus says yeah we have a lot to talk about let's let's go and let's have a quiet private retreat together let's get away from these crowds but, as happens, the crowds follow them, come to them. They don't get to get away in the way that they thought they would. Jesus is speaking and healing to the crowd. And the disciples recognize, you know what, Jesus? It's the end of the day. Everybody is getting hungry. <laughs> Sometimes we're like that in church, right? And we're like, <laughs> there's a Lyle Lovett song about that. That's great. That's um, great. Yeah, (laughs) it's time to go eat. Uh, The disciples recognize it's the end of the day. Everybody's getting hungry. They themselves are getting hungry and tired. They thought they were going to be on a retreat. They're far away from town. So Jesus, they they say, uh, you know, send send the people away so that they can get themselves some food. They kind of command or at least coax Jesus that that's the right thing to do. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. About to find out. Wait a second, Jesus. Wait a second. How are we going to give them something to eat? All we've got are five loaves and two fish. There is no way that that could feed 5,000 people. There's no way that the 12 of us are going to buy enough food for 5,000 people. And Jesus says, don't worry. You do your part, and then I, I'll do mine. I got this, Jesus says. The disciples, get the people to sit down in these groups of 50. Jesus takes up this meager offering that they'd come up with, five loaves and two fish for 5,000 people. This is, so they're in groups of 50. We have 100 groups of 50 people each. So do the math. 0.05 loaves and 0.02 fish per group of 50 folks. We're talking a few crumbs, a single fish scale, one of those little tiny bones you don't really want anyway. But somehow in Jesus hands a little becomes a lot. Verse 16 says, Jesus took the loaves and fish, looked up to heaven, blessed the elements, gave them to disciples to share to the crowd. Everyone got their fill, it says, and there were even leftovers. There were even leftovers of this feast. 12 baskets full of leftovers, one for each tribe of Israel, one for each disciple to go and take as a reminder and a way to continue the message of God's reign and realm that is embodied most in a meal. Four verbs, gathered or taken, blessed, broken, given, or shared. Why do these words keep coming up for the gospel writers? Why do they become part of the words that we pray over this meal that we share each week in communion? You know, there's a rhythm to the Christ life, to the life that is fully human in the image of God, the life that is truly life, abundant life. We, like the disciples at the start of Luke 9, we are summoned, gathered, called. Taken sounds pretty aggressive, but that Greek word taken also means received. God takes initiative with us, but God woos us more than captures us. God calls and claims us, but not without our cooperation and consent. God welcomes and receives us just as we are with what we've got. So Jesus calls together the 12, Luke 9, 1 says, called the people to himself, called the disciples to one another, pulled together these diverse pieces to make a whole. But that gathering was only the start. Having been gathered, now the disciples could be sent out. And so there's a rhythm to this life. Taking a deep breath. Sustenance. Provision. Moment by moment life but as you take in that breath and try and hold it you got to exhale too share that breath with creation and know that God's breath God's spirit is connecting us all you can't just inhale and not exhale There's this rhythm, there's this ever-growing circle or spiral gathered and sent, taken in and shared out so that more might be gathered, more might be sent, more might be gathered, more might be sent, more might be gathered, and so on. But in between this gathering and the sending, between the taking and the giving, there's a divine transformation that takes place. For the bread and the fish and the disciples to be sent out for others, first they have to get equipped the gathered elements seem insufficient, 5 loaves and 2 fish on their own, but then they're blessed in Jesus' hands and they are multiplied. Jesus can't bless what we haven't put in his hands. But in Jesus' hands, our offering that seemed meager is suddenly abundant. The gift to the world that the world needs. The gift that the world needs needs raw materials. In order to be received. Need the raw materials to be deceived, received. But then these small pieces are shaped together into something beautiful. Something more than the sum of the parts. Something expansive like yeast expanding dough. Or like one seed becoming the parent of a hundred saplings. But gathered and blessed even that still, that transformation, that's not the end of the story. Because before they can be sent and shared, the elements have to get broken, spread, divided between these hundred groups of 50, these 12 baskets full of leftovers. And the broken part, friends, that's the hard part. The broken part means that there is suffering. Even after we've been called and blessed in this new community, in this new identity, in this new purpose. Any Leonard Cohen fans out there? I was thinking about the song he sang. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Vulnerability. Suffering in solidarity with each other. That's the only way the gift can get shared. The cracks are how the light gets in. And they're also how the light gets out. Somehow it's not in spite of our pain or loss or brokenness. Somehow it's through the suffering that we have something to offer of God's love. It's not that it's all healed and put back together yet. It's more that we're in the same struggle and hunger and we're on the road to recovery together. Even after we're gathered and blessed by God's work in our lives, we are still broken. We're still on the way. We're still in the midst of recovery. We're incomplete. Sometimes we're pulled apart by the demands of the world and the people around us. And yet somehow, even in this, God has a gift for us and for others. And so finally, only after the bread and the fish and the disciples and us, only after we've been gathered and blessed and broken, only then can the meal be shared given away because gathering without being blessed just makes us a social club a community without purpose a people who have hunger but not hope trying to give without first being broken makes our sharing inauthentic triumphalist unable to really connect with the hurt and hunger of the world So, the cycle has to go this way gathered, blessed, broken, shared. Inhale, exhale, received, given away. Jesus didn't ask the disciples to do anything that he didn't do first. Jesus himself was gathered, received, and revealed by God. As God's beloved child, Jesus was blessed, filled with God's spirit, with a vision of God's reign, with the power to reveal it. Jesus was broken. Even for all his power and popularity, his radical love remained a threat. He suffered for love, suffered because he gave too much, suffered because we chose self-centeredness and death, and we needed a place to put our violence. Only after that through the movement of people that we call the body of Christ. Only on the other side of the breaking could Jesus be shared more widely, more expansively. And so when we are gathered and blessed and broken and shared, we, just like the five loaves and two fish, we are distributed for the needs of physically and spiritually and relationally hungry people. And then more gets gathered and the leftovers get blessed and broken and shared and this table grows exponentially Friends, we find our identity and our purpose around this table each week where we remember it's not just a little bread and a little juice. In God's hands, these meager gifts are Jesus himself, his body, his life. And so when these ordinary things get gathered and blessed and broken and given, something extraordinary happens. All the people get fed. I was hungry, but now not only am I made full and whole, but I get to be part of the way that God is feeding and healing others. The word translated leftovers here, broken pieces, that was the word that the early church used for the bread of the Eucharist. The Eucharist, which means Thanksgiving. This communion meal we share in Thanksgiving each week. You know, when I said yes to God's call on my life, I knew that God would have to show up because believe me y'all, I never saw myself becoming a minister. I knew knew at least part of all that I didn't know, right? Who could be sufficient for this task? I only knew that I had experienced God's love, God's grace for me, and I felt compelled to go and share that with others. So I, I I had just graduated from Harvard College. My peers were going off to make lots and lots of money, and I decided to move to a place that wasn't on the map that I'd originally drawn for my life. No offense to anyone from the panhandle of Texas. I had to raise my own support for the college ministry that I was doing, which meant that I was barely making minimum wage. I depended on a lot of generosity and hospitality from others, but I knew that every dollar, think about this, every dollar that I had was one that someone had given to God and given to our ministry because they believed in what God could do through even somebody like me. It's this amazing thing. Once you start to recognize everything you have is a gift from God, it makes it easier. Not always easy by any means, but easier to really depend on God to show up. God isn't going to call us friends and then not give us what we need to follow that call. So whether it's a broken building or a painful past, nothing is beyond God taking what it is that we bring and transforming it into a gift for ourselves and for others. We don't have to give much. We just have to give everything. God is faithful with what we put in God's hands. It becomes abundance for many. We've seen this here at Travis Park you all give extravagantly and generously with your time and your money and your talents. And it can be easy to get tired, but I hope that we're doing it not to earn God's favor. We're doing it because we've already received God's lavish grace. We want to give back to God, to give to God's work for, from all that it is that God's already given us. The way we, we, we might want to grow spiritually, the way to grow in trust and gratitude, to grow in generosity and courage, the only way to do it is to do it <laughs> and to put our stuff in God's hands and let God use us. We're dependent on God. We're interdependent with each other. That's not weakness, friends. That's the life that we're made for. So we give a lot as a congregation And in that, I want to give glory to God and not myself, not ourselves. We aren't a huge group of people, but a little in God's hands goes a long way. We put ourselves and our gifts in God's hands, and then we serve 30,000 or so meals with Corazon each year. Not because we're all great, but because we're all hungry and because we can build this new community together. The early church's communion gatherings were these full meals. It wasn't just this little communion ritual thing. It was a full meal so that rich and poor were fed together. They were both spiritual and physical in their abundance of this time, this traveling dinner party. It wasn't charity, it was life together. And still, we aim for these kind of relationships across our differences so that we might be more like a potluck, and we're going to have a great potluck at the end of this sermon series. Amen? To be more like a potluck than a soup kitchen, right? So we put ourselves and our building, our gifts in God's hands, and 22,000 or so migrant refugees sleep here in this building. Thank God, not when the building fell and water rushed through the building. But 22,000 people slept here over seven months. This short moment of home and welcome for 100 or so women and men and children each night far from home. We put ourselves, we put our relationships in God's hands and together we become a new family. We become God's body together. It's not that we don't have our tensions or brokenness or failures or differences with each other. It's that we keep going. We keep forgiving. We keep striving to be siblings together. We keep building this new home together. We keep living as God's hands and feet and voice with each other. So Leonard Cohen, I mean, in lots of things, Leonard Cohen had it right. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Forget your perfect offering, friends. Offer the five loaves and the two fish that you've got. Where do you start? Well, take an inventory. What do you have? Have you asked God to direct where it goes? Uh, Pull out that um, pledge card that's in in your bulletin there. Um, You know, it's hard to talk about money, but part of how we get healed in the way that we're broken around money is by talking about it, I believe. Jesus thought that, talked a lot about it. Giving 10% is a high bar for those who haven't practiced it before, a tithe. You know, the best way is to just set it aside from the start, like we all need to do with our savings, retirement kids as well automatic payments are a great way to do this and we can help you with that but if 10% seems too difficult to start right now start with 1% start with five loaves and two fish because in god's hands a little becomes a lot if if you haven't been giving or you didn't fill out a pledge last year fill out a pledge this year even if it's like put $10 a month make some sort of commitment to this community If you've gotten in the discipline of giving $50 per month this year, try 75 or 100 per month in 2020. And then see how God will multiply and use your gift. Because when we all give, there's this miracle of abundance that we share together. Friends, I want we, your stewardship team, we want our 2020 pledge cards to not just be numbers, it's a spiritual practice a spiritual offering. So we hope that everyone, it's, it's not about the numbers or how big, so much as full participation. We want everyone to turn in a pledge card by November 24th, if this is your community. Because that's an exercise of trust and commitment that's good for you and good for others. You know, already, uh, we've only been doing this one week, uh, already folks have turned in over $100,000 of commitments for 2020, and I'm excited to see all that God's gonna do with what we put in God's hands. This miracle of gathered and blessed, broken, shared. One more time. I'm thankful, friends, that I get to offer my part alongside you in this meal. Friends, we are in this together. Family, church family, we're in this together. So let's cook and let's serve and let's eat and then let's repeat. And let's pray. This prayer comes from Sarah Miles. Take this bread. God of abundance, you feed us every day. Rise in us now. Make us into your bread that we might share your gifts with a hungry world. And join in love with all people through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.